0: Thanks for tuning in to your Day Off podcast, hosted by your boys, Corey and Tony. I think by the end of today, I might have another best friend. They're committed to making you fall in love with the hair industry, one podcast at a time. Uh, you're going to grab a lot of information. Yeah, you are going to learn a lot. Presented by Hair Industry and powered by Schedulicity. Without further ado, should we do? Ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Your Day Off podcast will begin after a word from our sponsors. What if payment looked this good? And your tips looked even better. Better yet, what if you could do it all by phone? Norm, payment by text for small businesses. Barbers, stylists, massage
1: therapists, facialists, you name it. Available now for everyone on Schedulicity. Norm, the modern way to pay.
0: your day off, oh, my name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my best friend Tony. What's up, bud? What's going on, brother? Dude, we're back at another live event. I'm super, super stoked. Um, we are uh, sweating our balls off here in Austin, Texas. Oh my goodness! It's uh, it, this is your second event, my very first one, and it's cool, man. It Has a really cool vibe to it. Yeah. So today we are in uh, Austin, like I said before, we're at the uh, BarberCon event. Um, a big shout out to Lee Resnick for uh, once again inviting us in. A big shout out to Schedulicity for bringing us in and um, Dude, if, you were, if you're into men's haircutting at all, man, bro, BarberCon's where you need to be. Yeah, you
1: don't necessarily have to be a barber, but if you're cutting men's hair, you need to be here, because Yeah. because the is education
0: that's going to be up in this joint is unreal. Yeah, yeah, and the artists that are here are, are, are ridiculous, and, and what's really cool... It's the
1: best men's hair cutters
0: in, in the country, man. Yeah, no doubt.
1: Yeah, the artists here are um, unbelievable, you know? Oh, my goodness, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I can't wait to get, like, little breaks in between my uh, podcast so I can go <laughs> yeah. and learn a thing or two.
0: Are you making fun of me?
1: No, I'm being honest. Okay, okay. I thought you were like, dude, you if scheduled my whole coming. day off,
0: man. When are, we're never gonna get in there.
1: Oh, that's right, you saw.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, so um, here's what's really cool about this event on uh, 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 how it's different than other hair shows is that it's really intimate. You know, it's only three rows of, 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 of brands out here, and, and everybody's accessible. You know, um, we've already run into Sophie this morning. Last night we ran into Taylor Cuts, and uh, you know, just everybody's really accessible, which makes it really cool. Yeah, and then we've got uh, our guest today. I'm excited to get into this guy's story. We did- well, we got to go back to Schedulicity a That's little bit. That's what I'm going to say. We met him
1: last week at ABS. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so Schedulicity did this really dope thing last week. And um, while we were in uh, Chicago ABS, um, what they did is uh, they took us to dinner. Thank you very much, Schedulicity. But also what they did, which, again, I can't think of another company that would do this, is that they took their top five accounts in, um, in Chicago— and they invited them to uh, come out and have dinner as well. And, uh, and listen, Schedulistic knows how to feed you. Oh, my good, Yeah. Girl and the Goat was the restaurant. Fifteen courses,
1: insane, share plates. Ridiculous. Enough about Girl and the Goat. But we got to meet some of the coolest people, some of the coolest uh, people in the industry as far as uh, in Chicago. And, and just, you know, we got to meet our guest today. And it uh, just when he was telling his story at the table we like, dude, we got to get this guy on the podcast, man.
0: And here we are one week later. I know. He's like, yeah, I'll be at uh, BarberCon. We're like, all right, we got to schedule this. <laughs> we got to schedule this then. That's right. So our guest today is Steve Wren. And uh, Steve's got a really interesting story um, just about how he kind of got into barbering and, and, and where, he, uh, where he fits in the industry. And um, he's actually, over the last couple of days, we've got to spend a lot of time with him. So, you know, he's kind of a homie now.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's nice to be able to call him friend. And he's definitely a cool dude. And just uh, he's just a real guy. Yeah. Should we get in? Let's do it. Let's get
0: in. So, Mr. Steve Rand, welcome to your day off.
2: Oh, fellas, thank you for having me. It's definitely an honor. Yeah. You guys are family now.
0: That's cool it, bit. right? Ex- exactly. That's how yeah. I feel.
2: It's been cool kicking with you guys. Thanks, uh,
0: brother, man. That's awesome. How was that food last week? Hey, that
2: 15-course meal, man, I went home talking about it. It was dope. It was amazing. Uh,
0: I told I told Michael last night that he ruined all my meals for the rest of the week because all I had was, like, that taste of, uh, of what is a girl and the goat or goat and the girl? Girl and the goat. Girl and the goat. I just had girl and the goat like on my lips.
1: Yeah, if the goat and the girl, maybe it's goat and I don't know. But, anyways, he said he told you wait for tonight. Yeah.
0: Well, so, we're not, we're not going to tease that out, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? So, tonight's meal is supposed to uh, live up to last week's meal. So, I'm right. looking well, forward to it. I, can,
0: right. well, I do love a little sushi though. Yep. Let's not play. So, Steve, like, um, well, let's start off. Like, where are you from?
2: Oh, man, I'm born and raised just outside Chicagoland. Been there my entire life.
0: Why do they call it Chicago Land?
2: Well, you know, I can come here and say I'm from Chicago, but I'm not really in Chicago. I'm about 30 minutes outside of Chicago, so any all the surrounding areas is Chicago Land.
0: Ah, okay. that makes sense now. That totally makes sense because we we always say we're from D.C., but we're not really from D.C. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like just 30 minutes outside of D.C. You mm-hmm. know, in a suburb. So so we're from D.C.
1: Land. Yep.
2: I dig it. Take that back home with you, D.C. land. <laughs> D.C.
1: land. People going to look at you funny, though. Chicagoland rolls. You know what I mean? People know Chicagoland. Nobody know. knows D.C. land. You kind of hear that more than Chicago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Chicago, Yeah. Chicagoland. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, so you said you grew up there your whole life? Yes, sir. So how did you end up in the hair industry or in the barber world?
2: You know what? Just like a lot of people in our industry, we had a seed planted early some point in our life, and I never grew up going to barbershops, right? Like I knew my dad doing our hair in the basement or the bathroom or wherever, and my mom didn't go to salons. Like I know amazing. So was your dad a barber? He wasn't a barber. So my dad just wanted to make his sons looking good, you know, save some money. Sons look good. Never went to barber shops.
0: Did he make your shoes too?
2: No, no, no. Didn't do any <laughs> of that. But just but gave us those uh 1980s. Uh, non-perfect
0: haircuts. (laughs) Wait a second, in the 80s, were were they like the high tops, like the the squared out
2: ones? You know what, in the 80s, it wasn't an emphasis on precision cutting or blurry fades or crispy lines. Like, you can get by with a family member haircut in the bathroom, you know? Like, you can get by with that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have a few of those pictures floating around. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, there's no doubt. Oh, my God. It looked like I had some jacked up bangs. I'm like, my... You couldn't take me to a barber. She goes, <laughs> "No, everybody was cutting their hair at home." I'm like, "Oh my <laughs> god!" <laughs> that was
0: like that was like the legit bowl cut, right? Yeah, <laughs> oh. and,
2: you, and you can get by with it. So my dad was doing this around maybe 11 years old. Like I say, I didn't go to shops. My mom, uh, we had uh, the fantastic kitchen stylists, you know. So I didn't know this industry as a profession, right? So one day I'm getting a little older now, and uh, he was messing up my little brother's haircut, which is about two years younger, and uh, I was cracking some jokes. And I guess I made like one or two or three jokes too many. Yeah. And as a father, like, I understand it now. I, I get it now, like, you know, he want, he's off work. You know, he's wanting to make his sons look good. And, and here I am, Chris, criticizing his work, you know. Right. And I don't know what he had to go through throughout the day. And he's making his sons feel good and look good. <laughs> but I'm going in on it, right? <laughs> and and 11-year-old me, he looks at me, and he just has the clippers in hand, like, can you do better? Right. And it's like, what do you say when you're 11 years old, and your dad say, you know, can you do better?
0: You're like, I'm going to oh, show you. That's a challenge, yeah. yeah.
2: That's a challenge. So I took the clippers and, you know, I started messing my little brother's head up. <laughs> and I started jacking my own head up. But Stop. like I was saying a few minutes ago. Did he start joning? No. No. He, I think he was kind of relieved that, you know. <laughs> he didn't have to do it. It's no <laughs> his job. It's somebody else to pass it on to, you know. Yep. Yeah. So it was like, then I just started messing my own hair up. But that planted a seed with me, you know.
1: And did, you, did your brother continue to let you continue to cut his hair?
2: My brother did. And... Maybe a few years later, my brother started cutting his own hair. He's not a barber now, but, you know, he was also that, that guy that was in high school just cutting hair because of a seed that was planted, you know, within our home.
0: Right. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, so how did you, like, or when did you, like, officially, like, meet the, uh, meet, the, meet the barbering world? Oh, so that
2: came later on in life. For me, it was actually a career change at 30.
0: Oh, so, stop. Yeah. Right, so I jumped way ahead. Mm-hmm. So what? So what'd you do after high school?
2: All right. So during high school, I was the guy that cut hair at that you know that nice round price of five dollars. You know, right, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. whether you're is hanging out with the guys and you are cutting hair for free for five dollars for free or charging five bucks, I just liked hanging around the guys, and I always had a job. I worked at this grocery store all through high school, right? So you know, I had a little money in my pocket, and all I right. cut my friends for like five dollars. But I never saw this industry as a profession. I never saw it as a career. I never saw anything that you can make a living with just because I didn't have the examples around. I just know I am a self-taught barber in my kitchen.
1: Right. You know? and, the, and the stigma in our industry which, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get that change. But it, the stigma is, you know, like a high school dropout or you're not going to make any money. It's going to be hard to make a living. It's not a career, right? It's like yeah, it's, it's like a hobby, right? Exactly. Exactly.
2: exactly. And for me I was that, I knew how, I always had a work ethic and I, and I worked hard, but I was an unfocused teenager. So I'm the, I'm the typical high school dropout. Uh, the person that you don't really, didn't really know what was going on with them until, you know, some things was too late. Because I always worked and I didn't get in bad trouble, but I right. was just unfocused, undisciplined, and I dropped out of high school sophomore, junior year. Whoa. Yeah, dropped out of high school sophomore, junior year, and my mom always told me, boy, you need to go to barber school. And I'm like, for what? I got a job. I'm pushing carts and you know, stocking <laughs> shelves, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but that's because I didn't see this industry as a profession, you know, like you right. guys are saying. Um, fast forward some years, um, I'm always great at what I do, right, so whether uh, Whether you're
0: pushing carts or stocking shelves.
2: Yeah, so I, you know, I work in my way into management, grocery store management, retail management, over the years, and that's all I knew. Like, right. you know, whether it's the, the store or having opportunities with district management. But that's all I knew.
1: But whatever it was, you had the work ethic yes. to, to, to make it, you know, to to rise wherever you
2: were. 100%. I just didn't have the structure and discipline and understanding the importance of having a vision and the importance of having a plan for your individual life. To be able to tap into different gifts, talents, and abilities. I just didn't have that at that moment in my life,
1: right? Is there any entrepreneurial uh, family members or did you were able to kind of like feed off of?
2: No. No, one, one side of the family uh, is the exact opposite of that, and the other side of the family is uh, straight education. So it was like, I was right in the middle where I saw both sides of the coin.
1: Sound like my family. Mm, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we have, uh, totally, we have people in my family. Some of them are super successful and able to afford every all the greatness in life, and then the other, other half, or not half, but then people are on welfare, mm-hmm. you know? It, so I, I feel you. You yeah. know, we, we were totally up like yeah. that as well. So as
2: a young man, I was just kind of just caught in the middle of where do I go with my life. And um, I'm, a, I'm a father of three. My oldest I just sent off to college. Oh, and on. so I had my first – my firstborn was born when I was 20 years old. And at the time, uh, I was just kind of frustrated with where I was with my job. You know, I wanted more but didn't know how to get more. And I was so burnt out with retail. If you work retail or anything like that, you know – How strenuous it can be, and how strenuous it can be, and and how it is during the holiday season. I wanted more, but I didn't know what to do, so I considered going into healthcare, right? I just told you, like, I'm a high school dropout, so I didn't have the best. Best uh, study habits, or structure, or discipline when it comes to academics.
0: But did you? I mean, did you ever get your GED? I mean, how do you get into like healthcare without a high school?
2: Oh, I, I did end up getting my GED. Okay. Because um, also with uh, working in retail management, I worked as a pharmacy technician. You have to have all of those things. Got, it, got uh, it. So I got that taken care of. But fast forward to you know just the frustration of that, and I'm, I'm in my mid twenties, and I'm working in healthcare, and I'm working in healthcare, and I'm balancing school and fatherhood and everything else. And I'm failing freaking chemistry, man. Like, and there's no way you're getting into close to the wait list for the nursing program if you're failing freaking chemistry. Right. And at this point, I'm, you know, I'm almost 30, and I've been I've spent about three years working in hospice care and dementia care. And I love the job. I loved the bedside job, but the pay was not good, but the incentive was nursing. And one day a buddy of mine, came by, no, he messaged me on Facebook, and he's like, do you still cut hair? This is somebody from the, the kitchen days. you know? So this is a dude that you knew from high school? This is the guy, I knew him from high school. I hadn't seen him in like nine, almost 10 years. And he Bro. messaged me on Facebook, said, do you still cut hair? Stop. Do you still cut hair? And nobody knew how down I was about, I'm not going back to retail management. I'm not going to a warehouse job that I used to do. Um, there's, I, I reached my ceiling in healthcare because I'm failing freaking chemistry, and I'm not gonna get into the nursing program. And he hit me up on Facebook and the in the message and I, and I just like, come on, dude, you you're like family, come on by. Right. He came by and I cut his hair in the bathroom and it was like 19 all over again. Like we're in that little tight cramped hot bathroom and we're just having a great time. And when I got done, he was like, man, good seeing you. I'll be back in two weeks. Okay. He came back in two weeks and he paid me again. I was like, you know what? I need to go buy some real clippers. <laughs> right? Were you using,
0: like, the dog ones that you get at, like, was uh, Target, use, Walmart?
2: Man, I was using, like, the clippers from you get from your regular department store right. that's weak. and yeah, like Walmart it, it, brand. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. But he came back and supported, and nobody knew where I was at, in that point in my life, which just being frustrated with my career. And I didn't know where else I can turn and go. And the only skill that I had was something that was planted with me when I was 11 years old, and I did while I was in high school, just cutting the guys and cutting my own hair with, was cutting hair.
1: So then, through that whole time, though, when you were going through the healthcare, did were you still practicing your skills? I was only cutting my
2: own hair. I was only cutting my own hair. Wow. That was it. I was only cutting my own hair. Because at this time, I had a family, and, you know, I wasn't just letting anybody come in and out of the house like that. You know, I was really protective of my space. and No, I was just cutting my own hair.
1: And that's hard. I mean, if anybody ever tried to cut their hair, like, especially with Clippers, that's hard. I did it one time, and, and that's what I'm saying, I did it one time. <laughs> that's, the, that's the whole story, beginning,
0: end, yep. beginning, one middle, time. end, one time. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. So I can't imagine like, I can't imagine being a dad. How many kids did you have at 30?
2: At 30, I uh, had three. My son was uh, oh, one years old, somewhere in there. So yeah, my, my youngest was about one.
0: I can't imagine, like, I mean, kudos to you, like, having a life shift at 30 years old. You know, like, not with three kids and, like, three responsibilities or more responsibilities. You know, that's just, like, yeah, that, so, I, I think so many people get to that crossroad and, you know, starting over on anything is stressful. Starting over on anything is tough. And I, I just can't imagine. I, I don't know how you did it, man. Well, I, I think a lot of people feel trapped all of a sudden. Now I got, I got
1: a family. I got three kids. I can't go try something else. I got to hustle. I got to make, you know, get trapped in what you're doing to, to make sure mm-hmm. you survive. Mm-hmm.
2: And, and and that was the thing. It was like, what am I going to do? Because I'm not going back to where I was, but I want more, you know? Yeah. And
0: I can't imagine the frustration there. You either. know
2: what? And nobody knew about nobody knew about this. And he came back for the haircut maybe the third or fourth time. And I was like, I've never spoke to anybody about this and I was like, Bro, I'm think I'm thinking about going to barber school. And you know, some people can be dream killers and say the whole you can't make a living in this industry or that's not a real career or you crazy as hell, why don't you, like, go back to retail management and, and work your way up in, in that again, you know? And I told him what I was thinking about doing, and he got up with the cape on him, hair on it and all, and just gave me a hug and said, go for it. Whoa.
1: Did your mom smack you in the back of the head and so say, I told you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she
2: might as well told me that a few times. I think she had. I think she did tell me, like, I told, I told you this back in the late 90s. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I would
1: have saved you a whole lot of trouble.
2: <laughs> but you know what? If I had a gone to barber school, then I wouldn't have had the same perspective that I have on Preach. it now. So when I went into uh, barber school at, at, at 30, like, it's 1,500 hours in Illinois. And balancing everything, some days I was going to school eight hours a week. Like, I was literally inching away at it. Some weeks I was able to put it in 30. Some weeks I was able to put it in, like, eight. And it took me almost two years. But I had a totally different mindset going into it. Like, this has to work. But the big thing key shift for me was someone came to my school, came to my school, and I was I already had to set like, I'm going to be a pillar in my community, open up a barbershop, and I'm just going to kill it, because that's what I saw the industry. A guy came to my school, and he was like, uh, I'm not coming here to give you hardware. I'm not coming here to teach you how to cut hair, but I'm coming here to show you and tell you what the industry can be for you. And I didn't say anything when he came to school. I was like, I'm, 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 I'm more of a reserved dude initially, so I'm in the back of the classroom just soaking up everything. And he's telling me us, all of this stuff. And I'm just like, my mind was blown. After he left, like I'm like, I'm attacking this industry totally differently than how I thought I was going to come in here, opening up a barbershop and just being a pillar in my community because there's literally no limits to what you can do in the hair and beauty industry. And that moment was the spark for me to come in this industry and change it.
1: And you were mature enough to accept it. 100%. Yeah, 100%. A lot of times when you're young, you hear it but you don't necessarily process it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You hear it, okay, I'm going to do what I'm going to do regardless, and that's a young man's mentality. But you were mature enough to be, and not, not all young men, because, you know, like Vic Blands, he's a he's an old soul for a 21-year-old, but, you know, being a little older, you're able to soak it in, an and you had a reason and a hustle why you're going to do it. And dude, my hat's off to you, man, because that is a hard thing to do, especially when you have a family that you in in at the same time,
0: and you can only inch your way because you got to work. To make that money to pay that rent, absolutely. Right. So, so when you were uh, when you were you know plucking away eight hours a week, or or that. So were, you were working full time as well. Were you, I, was, I was
2: working full time as a in um hosp- as a nursing assistant in hospice care and Alzheimer's care. Right. Yeah.
0: Bro, I mean, first off, I love everybody that's in hospice care. Um, you know, like many of us, you know, we, we've all had to go down that that mm-hmm. route. Well, not personally, but you know, like oh, yeah. family members. But I mean, it's just. Those are and you are special people, man. And that's that, that, that's a that's a thankless job, you know.
2: It really is a thankless job, and, and hands down, that's one of my one of the, my favorite positions that I ever had in my life was being able to be there for people at that point in their time in their life and be there for the families at that point in their time of life.
1: And you have the perfect demeanor. If he, if anybody gets the chance to meet Steve, I mean, you did. You're just so calm, so cool, so if, so collected. You know what I mean? And just a, a genuine nice guy.
0: Appreciate that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, man. Appreciate that. Absolutely. So so, is your family still close today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's how, like even though like we're all over the spectrum, like when I have a barbecue, there's 70 of us in our backyard. We're all still yeah. super close. And that's kind of how I see your family as well, just being super close with everybody. But when you, when you got out of barbering school, did you go work in a barbershop or did you immediately attack entrepreneurial uh, ownership?
2: Oh no, man, I did not attack that that entrepreneur. I really believe in mentorship. Like like mentorship is key. No matter what it is we do, is like I need to try to step in some of the same initial footsteps that somebody else stepped in. Like that's where that, that growth is, you know? And fresh out of barber school, I worked at this fantastic barbershop for five years. And I wanted to work at this particular barbershop because the owner, shout out to Erskine Reeves, like he's somebody who uh, uh, dominated uh, like his lane like what's for him was for him and it's like I want to be around somebody who knew how to get and maximize everything that they have for them and also grow other people around you know
1: mm. smart mm. Yeah. That, that's, that's super smart and so you, how long were you with him
2: I was at that barbershop for five five years
1: Whoa. was it, was, it uh, uh, um, was, was he fine with you leaving or did he take it personal sometimes people oh. take it personal oh
2: man you know what so five years in, so when I first came in with them, like, remember, I was saying like how I want to attack the industry a certain kind of way. Like, I just want to just be exposed to everything. Like, there was times as a rookie, like, uh, first out of barber school, I drove almost three hours in a snowstorm to get something called, go to something called the Barber's Ball in Chicago, like on the south side of Chicago, which is normally maybe an hour drive, but it took me three and a half hours to get there, Aww. like, not knowing anybody, but I just wanted to go and be around my peers, you know? I just wanted to go and be around,
0: be in an environment like this. And Is this not commonplace with barbers? With this? I mean, for, for people, I mean, you said you went by yourself. Like, none of your oh, homies kind of went with you or uh, anything?
2: You know, sometimes in, in, in the barbershop, your peers may not, you know, want to go. Some people are uh, satisfied with, everybody isn't, everybody isn't at BarberCon. You know, everybody right. isn't doesn't see the value in networking, don't see the value in promoting and building your brand or anything like that. So, being somebody that saw the industry differently is like I was mm-hmm. every mirror man. Like whether I was just supporting or, or going to events, and that's how I ended up growing as a uh, barber competitor, multi award winning barber competitor. I also have my own barber and beauty expo that I've done since 2015. You know, in the Chicagoland area called Fadeaway Barber and Beauty Expo, and
1: we'll, I we'll did... get into that. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know what i want mean? to get back into your family though, because, yeah. you know. <laughs> I know in the beginning, my, when I got into the hair industry, my, I had a little girl at the time, uh, and I had to spend, it felt like, 12 hours a day at the shop and teaching and stuff, so I kind of, there was a little bit of sacrificing in the beginning, uh, in the family time aspect of it, and I was able to make up for it uh, a few years later, but... Um, how was, how was the family life at home when, when you know, you're, you're working full time, you're trying to get through barber school, uh, school and uh, trying to figure out how you're going to make it all happen? How, did it impact your family life?
2: Oh, you know what? Like, that's a great question, too, because, like, having that balance and finding that rhythm, that's so important, especially, you know, as, as the father, you know, yeah. uh, in the lives of your, your sons and daughters. When, my, when I had days off, my days were off. You know, and like they're with my kids, and important things like kids have dates on their calendars, or they don't care what you do or who you are. Like, they just want you—they want dad at their moments, right. whether it is because yep. I was a band dad for a while and basketball dad. I'm at the games. I'm at the stuff. Like, I'm a barber, so I make my own schedule. I make my own hours. Right, so, right, right. so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't stuck behind a cheer. like I have to be here all day, every day. Like, I trusted the process that. All my needs are going to be met, but I wasn't going to be missing a seven a.m. band because I got to get these few walk-ins. I got to stay in here on this Thursday. It's like no. If I'm leaving on four, a four o'clock on a Thursday for my kids, I'm leaving at a four o'clock on a Thursday for my kids.
1: I respect that. And That's and it, it, work-life family balance. You got to have it because yeah. if it weighs, if it gets too heavy on one side or the other, no matter which side, it's going to tip. Mm-hmm. So you need that 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 balance.
2: You, and and the other balance thing is like. Like, we're all products of our environment. So uh, my three uh, beautiful kids and my two bonus kids like, they've seen, they've been with me through the process of growing in this industry, growing as an entrepreneur, having a successful business in the barbershop and going solo in the suite. But they also can all say dad is present and dad does and dad tries. You
0: know, that's really interesting because it's, this is literally like a new learn for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, just a, i mean j- literally just a few months ago it's sunday so i'm probably lying at this moment but just a few months ago i decided that i was going to have a no cell phone sunday I love so that. just just to kind of put the phone away because i'm so engrossed in it all the time that that i just keep it in the other room cuz what's weird is like when it's next to me and i don't know if everybody feels this but when it's next to me mm-hmm. it owns me mm-hmm. you know but it's literally just putting it in the other room for a minute, and, and it's no longer a part of me. It's, it's such a weird, like, psychology there. If I can reach it, it owns me, right? Mm-hmm. But, but so I've, I've been, I've been trying to be real focused on on Sundays, like a no cell phone Sunday, um, mm-hmm. to be more present. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. Hundred percent.
2: Those moments are key. Is like, I fly, to, I fly out of here Monday, and I get home just enough time to get home, rest up, and my my son's playing flag football. I can make it to the flag football game. Oh, that's
1: awesome. Now,
2: a I, now I, I didn't miss. I, I didn't miss my daughter's basketball games and band stuff, but with flag football with him right now, like he plays so much and the logistics don't work, I miss some of those games. Like he understands it, but, but I'm not—I'm not used to missing stuff. So I'm looking forward to be able to touch down and like get straight to that game. You know, uh,
1: and I'm sure he—he he doesn't probably show it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he'll, he'll look over and see him like, all right, my dad's, dad's, here. dad's here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that, walk
2: is, the... that walk is different.
1: walk is different. you know? <laughs> 100%. <laughs> got a little swag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I remember what, going to my son's football games and track and all that. And just, you know, when he when he sees you there, it just,
0: yeah, the swag is much different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? There's no doubt. So after the barbershop, you said that you went into a suite? How long have you been in the suite? Hold on, I want to hear about the breakup at the barbershop before he oh, goes okay. to the sweet.
2: Oh well, the, the 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 move at the barbershop was great. It's like when you have a mentor that understands the relationship and also somebody that that grows the individual and grows entrepreneurs, um, and it's just a solid solid man. Uh, when I gave him that came in, I was like, "Hey, we need to talk," and you know, it's time for me to make that move. Like he completely understood, and he also had been in a sweet situation in the past.
1: Did right. you set it up? like throughout your relationship like this is going to happen one day or you just totally like blindsided them and say hey you know I feel in my career that it's time for me to to try something on my own
2: you know what and 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 the the culture of our barbershop is kind of like a a basketball team right so you have like the veterans and the rookies coming in and some guys end up moving out and I came in as a rookie and some guys before me left and opened up suites and opened up barbershops and I became one of the the main focals of the uh, leaders and and, and mentors in the shop. And it was just part of that natural progression of the environment that I chose to be in fresh out of barber school. So when it was my time, he gave me the keys to like, this is how you be successful. This is what you do. Yes, it hurts you leaving, but I'm proud of you. This is how you be successful. And still to this day, you know, I call him and thank him and we have a great uh, mentor-mentee relationship. Can you still
0: call him and be like, you know, uh, business questions or? or oh, 1,000%. Oh,
2: 1, 1,000%. 1, I called him. I was in L.A. Shout uh,
0: him out
1: again.
2: Erskine Rees. Erskine right. Rees out of, out of uh, Chicago Chicago area.
1: All owners should be like this guy because you should be proud mm-hmm. because these these barbers and hairdressers are, are like your children. You're, you're helping them. You're mentoring them. And now they can fly on their own. You should be proud. But go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh no,
2: you're good. I was in L.A. Um, last week um, uh, with with sexy hair, and over the five years that I was with him, he gave me so many opportunities. He knew what I wanted to do, and and he saw something in me. So he gave me opportunities, or uh, gave me access when he had something going on, and I would be with him just to see what it is, or see what it's like. So he's 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 been great with that. And I and I and I message him from from L.A. and I can call him anytime. And I message him from L.A. is like, thank you, like I'm here doing this, 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 this and this. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for saying something to me. Like, I'm here.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I hope his phone says thank you for, like, hanging out with us this weekend. No, Our phone
1: says we thank you. Yeah, we yeah, thank yeah. You yeah. For we should. Actually,
0: you know what? We should text him. We need his number. Yeah. <laughs> we need some, we're going to text him and just <laughs> tell you, him. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for letting Steve reason. hang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let you know. Steve hang out
1: with us. That's uh, awesome. That's, yeah. So, did you go to a Sweet Life after the barbershop,
0: or?
2: Yeah, um, I was only in that one barbershop, and when it was time to go, I moved into a Soulless salon. What is it?
0: Did Erskine so say, "Listen, I want you to move on, but you can't take my barbers because I know that that's an issue too, right?"
2: Oh no, I went to a, a private one one cheer studio.
0: But when you wanted to go on your own, was what's the understanding there? We oh. had a couple people on the podcast where, mm-hmm. like, they like they. Wished them well, but then they turned around and took some barbers with them. And the, the the wish wasn't that long, the well wasn't that long.
2: No, no, not not in our situation, and not any situations I've seen like before that. Because like I say, I came through as a rookie, kind of working my way up. So I've seen other guys move on, and they knew how
0: to
1: move on. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. So so you went to a solo suite, you said?
2: Yep, solo suite, solo suite. I had no intention on ever opening up a, a private suite. That wasn't even on my radar at all.
1: How did it pop up on your radar?
2: They literally opened up uh, They literally opened up in the same city almost across the street from where I was. And I was at a point where I was happy where I was. I was thriving where I was, you know, growing with Schedulicity and just growing behind a chair. And at this point in time, like, the, the camaraderie with the shot, we were all vibing and traveling the country with each other, competing, doing events. They supported me as I grew and started having events and all of that stuff. So it was great. But I, I felt I was outgrowing that environment, but I didn't know what was next. But I just felt I was outgrowing that environment. And they so opened up.
1: You Were you renting a chair? Because you said you're, you're making your own schedule with oh, yeah. Schedulicity?
2: Yep, I was uh, renting a chair at the barbershop for five years.
1: Oh, and so you got out of school and start renting a chair?
2: Straight out of school. Nice. Straight out of school.
0: How long have you been with
2: I think this is about a year four-ish, somewhere in there. Year f- maybe five? You right. might be at five. I need to go on the app and, like, just go back and on the calendar and just look. Well,
1: we know you're in the top top five.
2: <laughs> Dude, that blew my mind when I found that out last week.
0: That's crazy, right?
2: And, and also operating a, a barber, a, a private, just me and a suite, you know, just, just organically building and growing in that same area for the last eight years. Like, that was probably one of the biggest things that, like, I went home told my fiancé, like, like, I'm top such and such and such. Like, I didn't even have any idea that. I know I was doing good. And I knew I was doing well, but that right there was was a very proud moment for my business.
0: That's uh, awesome. Almost yeah. validating, right?
2: Oh, Oh, one thousand and ten percent.
0: That's yeah. awesome. And then with that, you got uh, you were awarded a really great dinner at Girl and uh,
2: the Girl and the Goat. Girl and Goat they had amazing green beans.
0: Who, the who ever says broccoli. that? The smoked broccoli was bomb. Oh, bro, mm-hmm. the peppers. Can we talk it, the oh, peppers? The shishitos. Mm-hmm. Shishito peppers. Holy
2: cow! Fifteen courses. Fifteen
0: yeah. co- Fifteen <laughs> courses of delicious. That was amazing, man. Corey can only eat four or five.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, I saw someone was being passed around a little bit. I was like, Oh, he's missing out on that steak. Yeah. We had that steak. That steak came around twice.
0: Uh, uh, no, a, right? You're welcome. You're welcome, Steve. You're <laughs> welcome. Thank you bro. On that. You're welcome. <laughs> Even the shank at the end. Whew, that's crazy, right? I had a force room. <laughs> I actually think the girl and the goat is all over the country. So, you know, if you guys can uh if you guys can get a meal there, it is absolutely worth it.
2: Top notch.
0: Tony wanted the uh, pig face, which is on the menu, but that wasn't part of our fifteen course. So uh, <laughs> whatever. At uh, least just the cheeks. So you've been a solo for five years.
2: I've been a solo three.
0: Three years. Yep. Three years. That's cool, man. How yeah. how uh, how's that gone? And like, what were your what were kind of your challenges going from? Were there challenges going from like the barbershop into like a solo suite? You know what?
2: Going into it, I had no idea what to expect, right? Because it's like you know, the barbershop is the barbershop. Like that's. The place where we, you know, shoot the ish and we have talk and, like, that's a spot. That's kind of a sacred spot, you know? And I, I wasn't sure how my clients was going to react coming into, like, a private, intimate spot. But moving forward, I had to realize when I was in the barbershop, sometimes me and my guests, we were kind of going to our own little bubble anyway. We would be entertained by some stuff, right. but I would still kind of go into my own little bubble towards the front. We were inside of a mall towards the front window and I always gave my guests like that one-on-one. It always felt like it was us even though we were in the room with seven, eight other guys, you know? Right. So I was concerned how they were going to feel about that. And so initially, I started out with the small, the smallest room you can get, right? I'm like, because I don't know if this is going to work because I got the smallest room you can get and everybody would come in and say like, dude, this feels like this feels like I'm getting my haircut in, like, your living room. you know, In your like,
0: bathroom again. That's, that's what it
2: felt like. It, that's really what it felt like. It was small, and it, it was intimate, and they loved it. And within, like, two, three months, my clientele grew even more. Wow. In the studio, in the back corner of the studio, you know? <laughs> right. So within four months, uh, there was a larger storefront window that was available. And after four months, I was like, I'm taking that one. Before somebody else maximizes that opportunity, like, right. that is for... Me like I signed a two-year lease, so it's like I ain't going nowhere. So I might as well get that window in the front.
1: So, so obviously now they have that like that elevated experience with you now because it's just the two of you. Or you know I don't know if you have people like waiting inside while you're finishing up. But are you able to offer do things that you weren't able to do in the other barbershop?
2: You know what I'm able to customize the experience for that guest. You know, right? Uh, you know because. They choose to spend time with us. It's not like, you know, for some people, it's not just about the service that we provide, but they choose to spend that time with us weekly, biweekly, monthly. And we get to know them, like, as an extension of our family. So I'm able to give an experience to them, like, if it's my football fan, like, I got the NFL network on. There's this old man named Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones, when I told him... Mr. Mr. Jones!
0: Mr. Jones! Look,
2: Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones, when I told him I was going private, he was like... Well, can I listen to Prince when I come? And Mr. Jones is an old retired man. Like he right. still comes into my barber into the studio with the newspaper under his arm that he does not open.
1: Right, <laughs> and
2: he's like, "Can I listen to Prince?" And I said, "Mr. Jones, I will put Prince on YouTube. You can watch Prince videos. You can watch videos on TV." <laughs> <laughs> so everybody gets their experience, whether it's Mr. Jones and his Prince playing in the background or on the television, or kids watching like. Uh, uh, Whatever they want, Disney Disney Plus because I got all the streaming things. So right. yeah. and that's that's cool to be able to give everybody that customizable experience.
1: Yep, yeah, be
0: like Alexa, play Prince. <laughs> that's it, right, that's really cool, man. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think what you said too is like what we're evolving into is I mean like look at like anybody's Instagram feed, anyone's Facebook feed, anybody's TikTok feed is every feed is customized to them. Right, right. So 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 what you've done is you you've been able to give that same experience where it's completely customized to them. Mm-hmm. That's really smart,
2: Steve. And, and, and going back into, uh, in Chicago, we were shut down for nine weeks. And going back into the studio, I didn't know what to expect. No, we were shut down for nine weeks. A lot of people had different uh, COVID concerns and opened back up and business was fantastic because there were so many new clients that were looking to go into a, a safe, controlled environment. You know, it's like they never even thought about going into a, a private suite before. Right. And some people, they didn't even know about scheduling apps. They were used to just walking into barbershops. But after they were referred and looking online, it's like, oh, there's a guy, and it is one on one, and I could conveniently just book with him. That was a game changer for a lot of people. Like, I could go private and I can book easily without having to wait in a barbershop with COVID all around.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we found that too with Schedulicity that clients just go on, book, you know, they, they create their own appointment, you know, whether it's a half hour or an hour with us depending on what uh, service they select, and in and out. I mean, they, they felt safer, they, it just feels so much easier.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. It, it's I actually doubled down on it, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, without throwing uh, uh, my hairstylist uh, brethren uh, salons under the bus, but you know, I doubled down on like, you know, we, we can create a private bingo. Uh, We can create a private environment for you, you bingo. Know?
1: Yeah, and I have uh, a sweet mate, and we just alternated dates. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that way, I had the whole thing to myself, and she yeah. had it to herself. Same. It made Same. it so much easier. Mm-hmm. All right, so. So you've been in here you said for 3 years now?
2: In the sole, yes.
1: Earlier you mentioned you have you do events. Mm-hmm. When did that start? Because because owning your own chair or renting a chair, now owning your own suite, I mean that's that's kind of a, a lot in itself. Mm-hmm. How did you end up doing events and how I mean let's get into that story a little bit.
2: All right, so Fresh out of barber school, I started attending networking things and barber events, and I would just come and just walk around and not know anybody and just be loving and soaking it up. And i go to another event and meet some people and kind of grow and build, and there was some event that had barber competitions. And I'm looking on stage, and I'm that is awesome, like, they are on stage killing it. Like, that is amazing. Like, I'm just really figuring this whole professional thing out behind the chair, and they're on stage. And I go to another event, and I'm like, oh, I know that guy, and he just won. Why oh, can't, right, 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 right,
0: why,
2: right. Why can't I be up there and, and just go? And I'm building my brand and I'm growing. And someone told me just like, you know, what a lot of uh, young barbers don't know is they look at all of the influencers and educators and people that they see high up or far along in the industry and they don't realize that they have a history in barber competitions or they have a history in barbering networking events that go around competitions. Right. So I saw that as a way to build my brand. So uh, I jumped and started competing. And I jumped in and I was losing and I won a few of them. And the ones that I lost, I still won because I was building my brand, I was networking, I was up there, you know, I was learning. And once I won a few of them and realized like, oh, I can actually put this together, and organize it myself. Like between the relationships that i built from networking, going to events, supporting events, and all of that, as well as some other industry things that I was doing. I'm like, this is no different than, if you can organize and you can put something together, if that's one of your gifts and talents, like people put together, you know, family reunions and they put together all these large events. It's like, I can do this for my area, my city with the connections that I have.
0: Whoa. So, I mean, how big are they?
2: So, my first one in 2015, uh, we had almost 500 in attendance, we had four categories. Uh, this is the first one. I think we had like 14 vendors at the time. Uh, and this is two years out of school, you know? The last one I had was Fadeaway Barber and Beauty Expo you know, everything has to grow in momentum. And the last one was in 2019, and we had almost 800 attendants, and this was the second year that we had a fashion show. Um, fashion show vendors, barber competitions. And the, the thing is, like, I always want to do something that that is meaningful to the next generation that's impactful because what that guy did for me coming to my barber school and saying, I'm going to teach you and show you how to think about this industry, you know, like that sparked it, that sparked it with me. So with everything that I do in this industry, it's always about – Let's sharpen each other. Let's grow with each other. And I always wanted my events, whether I am the person that's doing it fade away or I'm the person behind the scenes sweeping up and helping you set up. Like, we're all in this thing together, and I'm not Hollywood. I'm neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love that. I love that. I love that phrase. You know what I'm saying? Like, someone told me that uh, recently, and, and, and it's stuck because that's been something that I've lived by with these events and everything else that I've done.
0: I love that. It's amazing that, like, I've known you for a week, and this is the first I'm hearing about the event. I know right. you're the man, but, dude, that is you, that's awesome. So, you, so, so, is the event like a fade event, or is it like a barber battle, or, or okay. what is that?
2: So, I started with just the barber competition, right, um, 2015, skipped 2016. It's grown into a um, barber competition, so I have two separate ballrooms in Rosemont, where we were not at the convention center, but I'm at uh, a hotel right really, really across the street right um but i have two separate ballrooms one ballroom is the barber room where all of the barber competition is going on and all the vendors and all that stuff uh, everything from the best fade and i have a category called the barber queen because we have so many ladies that have been dominating the industry for so long and so many crossovers that are in it and so many up-and-coming barbers that are looking to just step into this male dominant side of the industry so i have a barber queen category to like just highlight and showcase them um So barber competitions on that side, vendors, there's a hallway with more vendors, and then you go over to the beauty side, and there is a fashion show And the last year, 2019, we incorporated some cosmetology student showcasing because I mentor with barber, beauty, and aesthetic programs within Illinois.
0: Bro, can we get an invite?
2: 2022, I'm back. Always first Sunday in November.
0: 2022, first Sunday. Mm -hmm. We're going to make that happen. I'd, I'd, love to, to, I'd love to be there. Yeah.
2: And that's the beautiful thing about this industry is, like, there's so many layers to it. And, like, there's no cookie-cutter way of doing it. There's no ABC way of doing it. It's like, we just go and grow and build. Like, this industry is so great. Like, Fade Away never came up, you know? Like, we've talked about Sola, and I'm the brand ambassador for Sola and education and all that kind of stuff. But, like, Fade Away, like, that's my baby. Like, that's legit grown from somebody saying, you should go to events and build For me attending, losing, winning, thinking, oh, well, I can organize this myself to in one of the, the larger events in Illinois.
0: Well, bro, that's, I mean, that is definitely the entrepreneurial spirit, right? Like, the entrepreneurial spirit isn't, like, I need to open a business. It's, like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and that's th- thats amazing. Like, finding, like, what's missing or, or, or how do you do it? You know, the, the guy, that not the guy that uses the shears, the guy that's, like, how can I make these shears? Mm-hmm. You know? And not license them, because a lot of the places, like, have licensed shears, but you know, the person that the the ones that make a difference are those that go, I'm gonna build this. Dude, congratulations, man. That's really, thank really you, dope. You, how did you how and you briefed on it real quick? I know
1: uh, you know, we've been on this for a minute, but how did you end up being a brand ambassador for Sola? So
2: check this out. So Sola does something every year where they uh, they pick they select the faces of Sola out of over six hundred locations they pick between 10 and 20 people to represent that company for the
0: year. Back up, I'm not, real, I'm not super familiar with how the uh, Sola is, uh, are, are built out, so do you, what's the average amount of suites that are inside of a Sola?
2: Inside each Sola is uh, like 25 to 35, so we're in that range.
0: So 25 to 35, and how many in the country?
2: Over Two. 600 nationwide and in Canada.
0: So we're talking thousands of thousands of people, and then they- Over 17,000. And then they grab uh, brand ambassadors out of those. Every
2: year they pick brand ambassadors, fly you out to Denver, hey, have a fantastic time, uh, shooting videos, um, and, and getting educated on branding and marketing yourself and all that, because you know we all grow together and promote the business and everything, right, right? Right, right, right. So yeah, I was selected, um, my first year, I was selected to be one of the, uh, the 2020 Faces of Solar, um, and that was a big thing, because that was actually a goal of mine, because like I was saying earlier, I wanted to attack the industry a certain kind of way, and it, I gave myself a three-year window, like, I want to be a face of Solar within three years, because I'm doing great locally. Like I'm impacting whether it's seen or unseen locally, but the brand ambassadorship with Solar Salons will give me national attention for what I've been growing right. locally. And I was selected uh, my first year. And well, your
0: first year at Solar you were selected?
2: Yeah, my first year.
0: You're like the, you're like the Midas guy. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> everything you touch, it's prospering. Good I know, that's see, it, amazing. It. So, okay, I want to back up a little bit. So your goal was to be a part of this team so how'd you set yourself up for this
2: with uh with, with uh with solo yeah, yeah yeah. you know what just being authentically yourself you know it's hey, like dude bullshit no 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 seriously check it out it's like authentically yourself like just growing and doing what you're naturally supposed to do if you're doing what you're supposed to do there's levels to everything it's like one opportunity leads to the next and it's like my individual brand i've grown that. you know i've grown my fadeaway barber competition uh mentored within illinois i've worked freelance education with different companies. I work with continued education. Like I've done a lot locally in my industry. I would be beneficial with another company. So
0: that's the whole package. That's the whole package.
2: So I'm just literally just just doing me. You know? I'm doing me, but now I'm doing me within a solar salon suite. You know, like this is what this is what independence looks like. Like I can manage behind the chair and I can do all of these other things that I'm doing in this industry behind the chair to my solar salon. Like
0: Bro, you're my hero man. Yeah. yeah. Right, good we were, for you, you know, brother. We, we were talking a couple weeks ago. We were at Hair Love Retreat. And, and this would have never happened at 30 for us. This never, for me, let me speak for me, this would have never happened at 20. But it was so, Tony and I were talking, it's like, it was so cool that we kind of built this brand on who we are, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because when we spent six days in the desert, you're going to get exposed, Mm -hmm. right? Like, if you're not who you are, you're going to get exposed in the desert. And, and, I mean, we had long conversations about just, like, how much freedom and how much relief there is just to be. Just to be. Just to be, you know? And that was pretty dope. Just to be. Bro. Just to be. Man.
2: And that, and 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 growing from that national exposure, you know, over the last couple of years, and growing with them, that's gave, that's opened up the door to a lot of other national opportunities. And just recently, I was named one of the Modern Salon's Twenty Twenty One Game Changers.
1: Bro, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So, dude, man, thank you so much for impacting this industry the way you're impacting it, especially in your community, man. I love. I mean, I'm a. I'm going to steal that phrase, you know, I'm not Hollywood, I'm neighborhood. I stole I it. it. <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> I don't even know where it came from, but I stole it recently. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's good,
1: though, man. It's good. I like it, right? Because it, it's just not, I mean, when I say neighborhood, it's the, the hair industry. You know what I
0: mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's my neighborhood. That's it, man.
2: That's what it's about.
0: First off, I'm going to give a big shout out to Schedulicity just for introducing us, man, because I I feel like it was kind of, it was meant to be, right?
2: Yeah. Shout out to Schedulicity. Shout out to Jerry, man.
0: Shout out to Jerry. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'm sorry. How can our listeners kind of like keep up with all the greatness that you're doing and achieving?
2: Uh, Social media. We're in the social media age, you know, so I'm I'm at Mr. Ren Cuts, M-R-W-R-E-N-C-U-T-S, all forms of social media. Like, that's where we are with just being able to stay in contact.
0: That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, we're going to go back. I mean, yeah, big shout-out to Jerry. I, I can't, you know, I, I make fun of Jerry all the time because I, I can't believe that how nice of a guy he is, right? After all these years, we've only seen the nice guy, you know? And and, and it's been an incredible relationship with Schedulicity and just, I don't know, we just, we just love those guys so much. And, you know, talk about impacting the industry, you know? I mean, they were the only company that I know that that during the shutdown, they completely they didn't take any money from anybody mm-hmm. you know for nine months everybody had free schedulicity so i don't know how a company survives really yeah. you, you know mm-hmm. not taking any income because
2: yeah that was so that was so impre- that was so impressive like to get to, to get to be informed of that when you don't know what's going to happen with your business like and i already knew how that impacted me it made me feel as a business owner being a part of his company, because like that's the backbone of my my success is scheduled. That's how I run my business and my communications off of that. And to be able to sit and hear Jerry talk about his why with that. And to hear his heart behind the why with that. And for him to break down and talk about schedulicity. As I'm in the room with like the Schedulicity family, like I was so much more impressed with that. And Are you
0: talking about like last week last at the week. restaurant? Yeah, last yeah, 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 last yeah, yeah. week,
2: like I already felt like a certain type of way about this because of that, that gesture. To like you know, when I'm not even charging you guys right now and all of the communications that were going on through that period because we didn't have anything to do but sit there and, you know, like, and listen or watch to a lot of things.
0: <laughs> read and cry, read and cry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but to actually sit with him uh, for hours uh, last weekend and just hear his heart. And, and hear how he boasts in scheduleity family and the team and all of that like that was so impressive and, and, and honored for
0: it, it definitely is I mean again I don't it's really hard we it's often hard to find like the right words because th- there's yes. kind of no words of, of, mm-hmm. of what of what city does for the industry you know yep. I mean they're, they're the only company that I know and I've said this a thousand times but they're the only company that I know that that cares about our business more than we care about our business yes. in some ways, you know. Yes. So whenever when it comes to like cheaper fees here, cheaper fees there, they're the ones that are always at the uh, at the forefront of that. Yep. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah. with our business in, in mind. So it, thank it, you so much, Jerry, and the you rock stars. And, yeah, uh, no doubt. Yeah, we love you guys so much. Is there anything that you want to that we maybe miss, or you want to push out there that you're doing? Uh, is there anything that you want to promote?
2: You know what? There's there's nothing individually that I want to promote or say, but I do want to just say that it's important to not put a limit on yourself. Like, we all have our own unique gifts, talents, and abilities, but so often we don't tap into those. Whatever it is, you know, whether you're the person that just likes to be behind the scenes, that behind-the-scenes person makes everything go, and that's valuable. Whether you're the person that likes to be in front of the camera or on the stage, like set no limbs because what's for you is for you. It's like, just get, don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid of rejection. Just go. And like I said earlier, like when I was uh, younger, I didn't go. I put a cap on myself. I really didn't have the best examples around. So I just kind of lived the mundane. This is my everyday routine. I'm good because I can actually just be good at what I'm doing in life. But when I put took the caps off of the vision and what I can do and understand the importance of being a question asker and not being afraid of rejection, just go.
1: Just is go. that what you is that what you instill in your kids?
2: Oh, abso- absolutely. Absolutely. And they and my my, my, my oldest, my, my three and my bonus two, they're 18, 16, 12, and my bonus two are 12 and 9. So you throw in my eight years in the industry my biological three have been with me on this entire journey. Like, they remember the years of in school and stuff, but, you know, for the most part, they've been with me for every single step. And my oldest is in college now, and she will be going into an entrepreneurial side of her artistic career as well as as education. So being a prime example of this is how you walk this out, I'm very transparent with my three of the struggles, the insecurities, the successes, all of that because... I'm shooting them out into the world to face their fears and overcome their challenges and be successful. So I'm transparent with everything I've done over the years with them with that.
0: Let me ask you this, and we were, supposed to, we we're supposed to wind down, but, 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 <laughs> but, but you opened up something in me. So when you talk about your kids and your kids have kind of seen the, the, the transition, yeah. um, and not that everything is money, but what kind of life has, have you been able to, not, not only your own life, but give to them mm-hmm. through the opportunities of barbering? Man, you know what, I've been, the, you know, they, I love the
2: phrase, don't, don't buy your children everything you didn't have, teach them everything you weren't taught, right? So, like, every generation gets, every generation gets better and better, right? So, like, tangibly, my kids have, they don't have to ask for anything, like, it felt great for me to tell my 16-year-old, my oldest is away at school, and I, it's great for me to tell my, my 16-year-old a couple months ago, like, If you don't go away, if you choose a different route locally, like, you can just have my car. Like, it's paid off. You can have my car, and you do great at what you do, but you don't have to worry about getting back forth to work or your job or whatever. Like, I didn't have that growing up. So it felt great to just be able to tell my kid that. So tangibly, oh, man, that's such a better place than I was growing up. And teaching them everything that I wasn't taught, man.
0: Well, what about, like, but even at 30, before you did the transition, because it sounded like to me that there was a lot of struggle there. There was a lot of internal Mm -hmm. struggle and financial struggle as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, now to fast forward, as they've seen that transition, just Mm -hmm. like the freedom that that's given you. I mean, the freedom that you can tell your 16-year-old, like, dad's got you.
2: Yeah. That's a great feeling. And I worked hard to get to that point. It's a great, great feeling great feeling right. like like as a dad like some things like i cried when i told her that you know what i'm saying like i want to get teared up now because that was a struggle for me when i was a confused lost 17 16 year old of like okay i'm working uh, i'm failing out of school i'm walking to work and catching a bus to work and was like i just need a car but i also don't know how to manage my money you know but to be able to show my kids how to manage their money uh when they get their job responsibility and all of that stuff so yeah
1: all right, so we got a rent-a-dad. So anybody out there needs a rent-a-dad,
0: Steve <laughs> Wren is your guy. <laughs> That's a new side hustle. <laughs> That's awesome. Mr. Steve Wren, thank you, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for making time with us to, to, to chat us up. Thank you for playing footsie with me. <laughs> and, uh, dude, just just thanks, man. I'm, I'm really, really honored to know you, and I'm really honored that we got to sit down this weekend.
2: Man, thank you guys. Like, I'm honored to sit what with you guys. Like, this is, this is awesome.
0: Dude, thank you. Mr. Steve Wren, thank you very, very much for joining us on you